0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Gareth Cronin, a partner at PwC. How are you doing, Garrett?
1: Very good, thank you.
0: Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this, can you tell me a bit about your background?
1: Yeah. Um, I trained originally with PW back in the 80s, and then I moved into industry, worked in industry for 15 years, nine years with a technology company as um, CFO of their Irish Operations, and then six years as the finance director for the operations of an engineering multinational across Europe. Yeah. I joined back into PWC in 2003. Um, when they started to rebuild their consulting practice, having sold off their uh, management consulting business to IBM. And I have been there ever since. Um, I was probably the third employee into consulting then, were up to about 460 people, and I would be the head of consulting operations. And my main focus would be in areas of finance and business operations.
0: All right, that's good. Now, recently you launched the latest PwC CFO post-survey. <coughs> Tell me a big picture of the survey and how it started.
1: Yeah, I, this, this particular survey, it's a global survey. It is focused, uh, it's been run by our colleagues out of PwC in the US, and it's there to track sentiment of our CFO clients as we progress through COVID-19. Um, it's actually refreshed every two weeks, so we touch um, base with the people who've responded in the past, and as different emerging challenges and issues arise, you know they get their viewpoints in those particular areas. The, Current version of the survey that went out last week, we would have responses from just under 900 CFOs from about 20 countries around the world, and within that, there would have been 41 responses from Irish BFOs.
0: Yeah, and can tell me what are the key findings of the the survey related survey?
1: Yeah, I mean, this version of the survey, a number of particular findings. I'll I'll probably touch on three in particular. Yeah, one is in relation to. Irish business leaders have been a bit more concerned than their global peers in terms of where the crisis is going. And about 80%, 88% of them are greatly concerned about the impact of the crisis on their business, whereas globally that would be 70%. Mm -hmm. Um, And 98% of them believe that it's going to have an impact on their revenue and profitability, whereas globally that's around 80%. I think what's interesting is in relation to the business, um, they believe that if... um, their business can return to normal within three months. Um, half of them believe that they'll recover pretty quickly, um, and have an improvement in terms of revenue and profitability. So I think it's the speed at which they can come out of the crisis that's going to be really important to them. Yeah. The second point is at this point in time, it's them starting to think about their employees and a return to business, and you know, moving back from remote working. Um about 50, just under 60% are starting to consider the safety measures associated with that. And obviously, if you think about the needs of social distancing in the office environment, how is that going to work? How are you, how are you going to manage your workforce through through that? Um, and 61% are actually considering how to make remote working a permanent option for a lot of these staff in the future. Yeah. So I think you're, what we're going to see is you're going to see some sort of um, balance between the number of people who are in the office and the of people are working remotely. And I think some of the people working remotely will be significantly um off site all of the time and others will sort of be in and out on an as needs basis. So I think it's very important and they're very focused on trying to drive um those safety measures to stand for the clients. Um, a lot of them are also looking at um they've seen an increase in productivity of their their own staff and they've been making sure that their staff have access to all the tools that are required to work remotely and work successfully remotely. And I think the overall levels of productivity from people working offsite has improved over the last um, month or so. The third point um, would be around supply chain. And obviously, <clears throat> organisations, it's, it's interesting when you think about it, a lot of organisations did a huge amount of work in terms of planning for Brexit. Yeah. Um, And supply chains would have been a significant part of that. But, you know, the feedback is that you know the immediacy of what has happened here and the depth and extent of it has been far beyond some of the projections or scenarios that they would have painted in a Brexit situation. Um, so we've got a situation now where like 44% of the Irish CFOs are saying they're looking at additional alternative sourcing options, um, which is a little bit below the global number. And then a similar proportion are looking at sort of risk protection measures within their supply chains, looking at um, disaster insurance coverage. Um, and the, the other situation is over half of them are looking at the financial health of their suppliers. So, you know, what you're seeing is lots of companies have had to close down. Some are obviously stronger, but have stronger balance sheets are able to sustain it. But a lot of suppliers may not be in that fortunate situation. They may be startups. They may be operating on poor balance sheets and they are not going to succeed through the crisis. And if you're reliant, if your supply chain is reliant on those types of suppliers, then you've got a significant risk to your business. I think as you look at the supply chains, it's not just about goods. It's also about services. So what sort of services are they buying in? Who are they buying it in from? Are they outsourcing elements of their service, their customer, contact centers, shared services, IT operations? Are they being outsourced and they're having to reconsider how appropriate are the measures that they have in place, the contracts, the contractual terms they have in place with some of those suppliers. Yeah.
0: Now getting back early, you mentioned about remote working. I'm assuming that they're gonna make sure that if you're remote working, you're using equipment that they can trust and also you've got no smart device in your house that can record what you're doing.
1: Um yeah, in terms of remote working, you have to um you have to make sure that the staff of technology that's required to work yeah. effectively in those situations, right? And that means, you know, people have laptops, they have, you know, maybe iPads or whatever. Um, they have the ability to video conference, they have good Wi-Fi that they can connect. They're not dropping off calls if they're on Zoom or if they're on, um, you know, other other um, collaboration tools. Um, I think everybody, a lot of people have just had to drop and go. Um, and yeah. We've seen... You know we're fortunate in PWC that everybody has a laptop. We've got a, we've invested a lot in our technology over the last number of years and a lot of different applications, um. But other organisations have not, and in particular when we look at some of the overseas suppliers, the outsource providers to our clients here in Ireland, many of those people were working on desktops as opposed to laptops, and their ability to pick up a desktop, bring it home, and, and work effectively from home, um, has been a challenge.
0: Yeah, because I know early in years, well, there's some law firm said if you have like, any kind of a. Listen, any smart device like an Amazon device or Alexa in your house, you can't actually work from home because it can record what you're saying. So that's another thing to be worried about as well.
1: Yeah, there has been a whole issue. Yeah, that has one point and cyber and cyber security because the strength of people, a lot of people are working off um, Wi-Fi and it might be their own Wi-Fi or they might be sharing Wi-Fi um, and you know the extent to which that might be compromised so having additional security on your laptops or whatever to dial into your own your own business applications is really, really important. So you're not becoming the weakest chain in the, yeah. or link in a chain and that exposes your organization. And you're right in terms of, you know, like the Alexis and the recording. Nobody really knows what is happening in terms of um, what's picked up through those recordings.
0: Yeah, I've got at home a smart TV, which is built in voice control. When I it, when it first bought, got it, I didn't turn the voice control on because I didn't want to risk getting anything recorded. Yeah, yeah. And it's a yeah. kind of common sense. The obvious thing is, what if to save you a few seconds to find out what you want on the TV? Why do you need it?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think the biggest concern is when, like, we have an Alexa here as well. And, um, you know, when, when you see those colours coming on around the rim and nobody's been saying anything, you say, yeah. what's going on there, you know?
0: The worst thing okay. is last year that the problem with the what did you hear the story about the uh, Alexa and the clown laugh. No. During the night, no. Alexa would turn on by itself and 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 let out a clown laugh, and you wouldn't know what it was, but it was Alexa actually doing that itself.
1: Really. Yeah.
0: And and Amazon then brought out a patch to fix this. It's kind of weird, but that's yeah. that happened, and that's that's kind of the one of the weird things about the things that when you. Embrace new new technology, you're not actually too sure how it's going to work and how, and if it fits in what you're doing, you have to get used to it as well, I suppose. Exactly, exactly, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and that takes time.
0: Yeah, and now getting back to the survey, over a third of our respondents are planning to scale back digital transformation. Why do you think this is?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a statistic coming out of the survey that surprised us, um, you know, based on our experience and our exposure to our clients, what they're doing is actually increasing the level of spend on digital. And it may be how they interpret it. But, you know, what we're seeing is um, people looking at increased levels of automation. So how do you automate something that you might have been reliant on, somebody overseas doing that on your behalf, be it in a shared service center or outsourced? How do you automate that to reduce your reliance on that? How are you using digital tools to manage remote workforces? So, you know, it's one thing to manage a team and run a whiteboard session with your team every day or a daily huddle to say, these are our challenges today, these are what we need to do. But when all of those teams are remote, how do you do that? And there's new technologies that have been introduced, BWC has particular tools um, that enhance the ability to manage remote workforces. There's things like um, we're using Jamboard for virtual workshops which is as opposed to having a whiteboard or brown paper on the wall to map out things, you can do it. Um, You can use virtual tools for that as well. And then, you know, use other CRM tools like Salesforce to stay connected on what's going on from client engagements and opportunities. So we have seen and evidence of organizations have cut back on more significant, large-scale IT investments um, until the pandemic abates. Um, But I think we've seen a higher... Um, investment in individual digital tools um, that help drive um, productivity across the workforce. Yeah, so, and I yeah, guess a bit surprised by that.
0: Yeah, and I guess technology available to us today has made more working probably a permanent part of our lives.
1: It has. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody is um, digitally connected in one way or another. Um, obviously, you know, younger people coming out of college today, um, the sort of Z generation it's an extension of their being in terms of being digitally and digitally connected. So they're very used to and familiar in terms of working in those situations. It's probably older people like myself that are more challenged. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think you can get up to speed very quickly. I think um, it's, you know, it, it's quite easy um, with some quick guidance to become very familiar with some of the tools. And, you know, I think once you've used them a couple of times, you get more engaged with them and and um, you're happy about how they work for you
0: yeah because i guess if you're suddenly forced to work from home and then told use this new software you haven't used much before at all or hardly at all like maybe you're told we're going to use google hangouts or zoom and you're not used to using that and you mainly use skype in the past you're thinking how to go about doing this yeah
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah
0: because I, I i've been using uh, all these tools now and and to me it's easy to use them because of of what I work the work my background in tech technology when writing about it, I I can easily get used to using all the software, but for somebody who's not used to that and setting away to only only like using certain technologies. To be suddenly told, no no, we're using this instead of that. It's hard to get used to that.
1: Yeah. I think this has been one of the biggest experiments ever in the world yeah. around the use of digital tools. And it's been forced on us.
0: Yeah, and I guess also it's at the end of this, we're going to find out which of the tools are going to be the ones used the most and the ones used the least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. yeah, very much
0: so. And I guarantee you, if you're sitting right now and you wanted to invest some some money in stocks and shares, if you invest in companies like people who are doing Zoom and all that, you're going to make some money out of that because better ones that are going to do very well.
1: yeah, I mean, you, you can absolutely see it in terms of you know even as you read through the papers at the weekend or whatever. And you see profiles in different companies and you've got a page full of dark news in terms of these companies that are, you know, going to the wall or suffering significantly. And then you see a lot of success and, you know, a lot of success that's reported at the moment is related to the use of um, technology and digital applications. Yeah. Um, even home deliveries and how, you know, people who offer home delivery apps are connecting with restaurants who never did home deliveries in the past. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you're seeing a lot of stuff around pharma and even, you know, the tools used to track and trace people. Yeah. Um. Again, technology overlap with healthcare. Um, and then obviously pharma to the extent to which they're trying to find um, sort of on, uh, on one side sort of a cure to what's there and on the other side trying to find um, and develop vaccines for this.
0: Yeah, and also you're making sure any technology you use is proven and tested and that is something that you pick up and then find the other one you've got a security risk with it.
1: Yeah. And I you know, I think potentially that's gonna slow some things down because people aren't quite used to it and people who go to market too quickly with some of these things, there's gonna be bugs included in that, you know, yeah. it, it may have a negative impact. Um so yeah, I mean there's still certain protocols you've got to go through to make sure whatever you're gonna introduce is robust.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the sure. moment you go through what's proven tests and what your workmates and your and your colleagues and your clients are using, and that way you can guarantee it's a lot safer.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- there are so many tools out there at the moment, and you know, um, people have used them for many different reasons. But you know, from PWC point of view, we're only allowed to use tools that have been approved internally within our business, yeah. um, and we know they're secure. They're safe. We've got, um, sort of, um, corporate level licenses for the use of that technology. Once you start using other tools, you don't know how secure they are, how. You know, how content might be used in those particular situations. So it does pose a risk. And I think organizations need to be sure that they're satisfied that whatever technologies or tools that people are using have been validated by their own IT security operations.
0: You know, if you've got a small business, that's going to be harder to do because you might not have that many employees that are actually able to do this in advance. But PwC, because you're global and worldwide, you can put policy in place that so works everywhere and anywhere.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we need to do it. Obviously, we've got a lot of confidential information that we store for our clients, so we want to make sure that that's all secure and safe. I think, you know, you're absolutely right in terms of smaller companies, and I think they've got to consider the risks associated with what they're doing. If they've got access to digital tools that's going to significantly help them grow their revenue and their business with sort of a managed risk associated with how that data might be used, then, you know, that's the decision they need to make.
0: Yeah, and if you look at something like maybe Microsoft uh, Teams or Google Hangout or or, uh, Zoom, they know there's there's three products and brands they can trust. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So you make sure you go with, if you're not sure what to go with, go with a brand that's well-known because they're the ones that at least likely to have any bugs or mistakes because they've been doing this for years and not months. Yeah. Because I've seen you can get in the past, you have these new apps that are installed or, or, or developed. Because of COVID nineteen, and they're suddenly coming on the scene, and because they're newly developed, I wouldn't trust them at all until they've been thoroughly tested.
1: Yeah, and you know, as you say, when it comes to something like PWC, any times there's new releases, even if there's upgrades in terms of iOS for your, your um upgrades on your phones, you know, they wait till they've gone through the appropriate testing before they say, right now you can up- upload that particular yeah. release.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. You better be safe and sorry. Even if it, if it means waiting a while to get the update, you're better yeah. safe and sorry because you you can't guarantee that update won't won't uh, have an issue with uh, any of your software that could be custom-made that you're
1: using. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like buying the house off the plans. Yeah, it is. So uh, getting back to about this, about, about COVID, has it become a wake-up call to businesses who have not adopted latest hardware and software technologies?
1: Um. Yeah, I think, um, so there's a lot of companies who have been in a situation where they've been able to invest in the latest tech um, in recent years. And, you know, for them, they've seen less disruption, minimal disruption in terms of transition to work from home.
0: Yeah,
1: AWC itself have implemented like G Suite, uh, Workday, Salesforce, TalentLink, which is actually a staff tracking tool, and Vantage, which is an online learning portal mm-hmm, in the last yeah. couple of years. And all of our people are very familiar with how to use those. And it makes that whole issue of transition to work from home a lot easier. Um, we normally have, because of the nature of the work we do, maybe 125 people globally that work remotely um, because of, you know, working on audits or working on consulting type projects. Um, and this increased very quickly to a quarter of a million global employees. um, And we've had a min- minimal impact on our service and Our level of productivity has been maintained, you know, quite high. I think other companies, again, they're going to have more challenges. Um, So, you know, I think they've been able to adapt somewhat since initial drops in productivity at the outset. Um, But I think, you know, what you will find is um, you'll see those gaps to how other organisations are operating, what works for them. And it will actually give them a roadmap in terms of some of the investments they need to do in the months and years ahead. I think the other point um, which we touched on earlier is just in relation to cybersecurity and, you know, whatever technologies you are using, making sure that they are secure and not posing any risk to your your, your own organization um, by having sort of weak Wi-Fi or weak connections or using apps that are not um, secure or um, authorized by your own organizations. Yeah, and I
0: guess the best thing is because we're all now working from a cloud-based society, the cloud makes it a lot easier to do this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. if this was 20 years ago or 10 years ago, it'd be harder yeah. to do it because the cloud, if it existed then, would have cost more to implement use. Whereas now, it's a lot cheaper.
1: Yeah. I mean, even five years ago, um, obviously, there's been significant investment in cloud-based tools over the last number of years, and that has enabled all of this. If you were, you know, if you're working in situations where you're working on on-prem type solutions and you have to be in the office. You know, you've, your desktops are hardwired to your your applications, yeah. and it, it, it's it's much more difficult. And a huge amount of effort was put in um, when all these lockdowns were announced to enable more and more staff to work from home. So yeah. I think in a lot of situations, you would see people where they did use laptops or new technology, but they're working in the office. Yeah. Um, but their ability to dial in remotely was limited, um, and a huge amount of effort went into enabling employees to work from home as quickly as possible and um, that took time and yeah. um, for some organizations and um, but i think you know by and large most of them are there. now yeah i can remember
0: 20 years ago when i was using crm software <coughs> you installed on your on your computer and work from there nowadays yeah. it's all cloud-based and so no matter where you are you can access it which means for an employee to be able to do that it saves them a lot of time and effort
1: yeah and it's automatically updated for you as well
0: yeah and you don't have to worry about any risks security-wise because it's, because it's all cloud-based. If your computer crashes, you haven't really lost much data because it's up in the cloud, so you're lucky. Yep. Because I, I know that when I was, years ago, using early CRM software, and it, it was great, and he, but I'm never no on your computer, I and mean, computer, you start to use a lot, a lot of, uh, had to be ver- a certain kind of uh, spec of speed and everything else in memory in it, whereas nowadays, your computer like a dumb terminal, you, you just plug it in the background and everything process power is done up in the cloud, which which is which is great. So I mean you don't spend as much money on equipment.
1: Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of people coming back out and said, I told you so. Yeah. Um, like this is what, you know, does as you say, almost like dumb terminals, but they how you're enabled because something is in the cloud. Yeah. Um, and all you have to do is log in, access your your assistance or whatever your app. Um through your browsers um, and away you go. Yeah, it's it's as you say, if this had happened five, ten years ago, it would have been a much more difficult situation to cope with.
0: Yeah, because I can see more people now probably using their tablets or their phones to log into the software, whereas ten years ago, you couldn't do that as such.
1: Yeah, like I've, yeah, absolutely. I've, like, for my working from home, I have a laptop, I've got an iPad, I've got my phone. And I'm working across all three yeah. at different stages, particularly if I'm on video calls. I'll do that off my iPad and I still have my laptop to be able to move around, and navigate and just find information that's, uh, that I need to use as part of the call.
0: Yeah, I've got an iPad that's four years old and I don't think I'll be able to use it to do the, it help me with my work now. But four years ago I could, but now I can't because it's too slow and old. Whereas yeah. I've got a, a, a laptop that is three years old but works very well. And I've also got us about a five month old uh, six month old phone that works yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's interesting seeing that seeing you know, that people actually are slowly using what's around them to actually to to adapt to uh, to the working place. Yeah, it's it's
1: actually very interesting because you know when we're connecting with our employees and we've got different calls, we know. Within one of my teams, what we do is a day in the life and we nominate a different person each day to talk us through their day. Yeah. Um and they, they, they share photographs of this is my desk, this is my work environment. Um and you know, some of them have may have an office, a home office, which is great. Others are working off the kitchen table, others are working in their bedrooms. Yeah. Um, others don't have desks and have created desks for themselves somehow or other through a plank of wood and a whole load of um they stacked them up on a whole lot of books or something, you know. Yeah. Um but you know people have just had to adapt and, and they've done it in fair play. They're getting you know, um, very, very resilient um in how they approach it. I think, you know, innovation is gonna be one of those things where people need just, you know, think outside the box. How can I do this? I've got a challenge. I have to make it happen. How can I make it happen? And lots of our you know people are smart. They'll work they'll work their way around.
0: And also when you when you see a life hacks you then realise, if they can do it, so can I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it kind of makes me think, okay, so if you're at home and you're complaining, oh, I've only got a bedroom, no else to work, because I'm in a shared house, or apartment with three people. In fact, yeah. when your employees can do it in the bedroom and they show how they've done it, they'll be, oh, well, I can do it too. No reason yeah. why I can't do that. Yeah. I think
1: the other thing we're seeing is obviously, you know, two parents who have kids and yeah. both parents are working. And they basically just do shift work, you know. They spread out the day and you'll work those number of hours and then I'll step in, I'll work these hours and you do those hours. And in between, I look after the kids. Um. So, yeah, it's not easy on them, right? And, you know, yeah. for a lot of those people, getting childcare up and running, getting schools back up and running will make their lives a lot easier. Um. But, you know, they're working around it.
0: Yeah, but I look at it in a positive way. Because they've got no childcare by themselves, they're right now saving money as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot less cash being spent at the moment because there's a lot less opportunity for people to spend money. Um, so, you know, hopefully they'll, they're working through all of this. They're, you know, they're going to have some, you know, some people will have the cash to spend afterwards. Um, hopefully take a break. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I guess I need that. I guarantee when we get back to normal, the biggest thing is: Are you going to stay at home in Ireland and staycation? Are you going to risk going abroad and 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 have long queues getting on planes? Yeah. I think maybe staycation might be good because it'll be good for the Irish economy to get the money being the back in again.
1: I think I you know I personally think that once the hotels open up in Ireland again, that they will be they will be busy. Yeah. Um And you know they're going to be busy for a number of reasons. There's going to be a whole lot of. Unfortunately, all these poor people who've passed away and their families who haven't been able to sort of celebrate their lives. Yeah. They're you know, they, they talk about we'll find an opportunity later in the year to celebrate, you know, their their life. So there'll be events for that. There's all um people who've missed out on weddings, who've missed out on christenings, who've missed out on lots of events. Um and then you're right, people will feel less comfortable travelling overseas and will want to stay in Ireland, so they're going to be looking at staycations. Um it was interesting, we were talking to we had a one of our global leaders from Hong Kong, based in Hong Kong, was saying that um, in Hong Kong now, there's 70% occupancy in the hotels again. Yeah. Um, now, he said a lot of that's sort of local regional type travel. So a lot of people come from China into Hong Kong. Um, but these numbers are moving up really, really quickly. So, you know, in, in essence, that's the type of staycation. I think a lot of people are going to reassess reassess international travel do I really need to be going to New York a couple of times a week do I really need to go to London a couple of times a week or a month sorry a month um, yeah. and I've, I've proven over the last two months that we can be we can operate just as efficiently just as you know with the same level of productivity by, by doing this online
0: yeah because um, I guess the remote working too has made, made that happen
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah. Um, I saw uh, yesterday there was a, uh, I think it think was a couple days ago uh, in the news someone was saying that once we get back to flying again because of having to back to social the distancing there'll be one kilometre queue to get on each flight, which
1: yeah, is yeah, scary. Yeah. And yeah, and I think like the the airports are obviously you know they're obviously very busy in terms of working on their return to work plans and what that will mean within airports. I think. You know, are they going to introduce something new around temperature controls within airports? Does that mean that there's extra time required? Um you're right if you've got to stand two meters apart from the next person.
0: Yeah.
1: Or the person in front of you and the person behind you, those queues are gonna be quite long, you know.
0: But yeah. Yeah. I remember when after nine eleven, but now the scenario where if you're getting a flight abroad you had to come in two hours before your flights to check in. Now it could be four hours with, with COVID scenarios.
1: I think what will happen as well is that at the moment, people will say, I just want a break. I want to get away. I want to go on a holiday, whatever, right? And if I've got to go to the airport one hour, two hours more than in the past, then I'm happy to do it. The other thing is that if you do enforce those sort of earlier check-ins, the problem is you're going to have more people in the airport. Yeah. So, you know, there won't be as many flights. So some of this will offset each other. Um, but if you've got moving back towards that level of, Utilisation of the airports that we would have had in the past you're going to have a problem in terms of capacity
0: yeah and also cost of flight so I think travelling price at least for the future
1: yeah. yeah I mean if you've got less people on the plane and they've still got the same fixed cost to you know manage a flight to Faro yeah. or Rome or Paris or whatever you know it's are still going to have to recover it
0: yeah and if, if you're looking to have your own private plane that won't be an issue <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a small number of
0: people. <laughs> yeah, I can see the government's using that a lot, actually more now, the private jet a lot more, and, and you can think, well, now we, we can see why they got it, because I can't see a government minister queuing for hours in the queue when he can just fly across in a private jet. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of civil servants that would be travelling on a regular basis, you know, I mean, that'll obviously come back as well. Yeah. Well, if you, if you can do everything uh, remotely, what's the point actually going to a meeting? If you can do that remotely, it's proven it works.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, it works up to a point, right? And, you know, at the moment, people will accept it because they have no other option. Um, Nothing replaces building relationships with people one on one. Yeah. Um, You know, whatever about the technology, you're not going to see all of the body movements of all of the people in the room at the same time. Yeah. Um, So you're going to miss out on that as well. So I think gaps will, I think there's a lot of goodwill in terms of how people are operating today, and people get the benefit of doubt. And you know they'll work together to make it happen. But I think when things start moving on again, and you do have the ability to go to these places, and you've you know that level of goodwill, what it won't it won't be at the same level it would have been in the past, right? Yeah. So if you if you miss out something because you didn't travel, whereas you could have travelled then people will say, well, you know, you had a choice, you didn't do it. Um, yeah. So, you know, after 9-11, people weren't flying anymore. Like, there was significant reductions and lots of changes um, in travel. But, you know, that returned to quick, that returned to normality pretty quickly thereafter, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I think that was a bit different because the threat wasn't there that there is with COVID in certain ways.
1: No. No, but there, it was a threat nonetheless and forced yeah. people to rethink what they were doing, yeah.
0: Because I can remember the day when that happened and uh, that day changed how we travel and since then when I've been traveling things that I didn't used to do I'm doing now because of that and I think with Covid it'll be the exact same. Yeah,
1: I was in, I was in Frankfurt at the time so yeah that was interesting flight home. <laughs> yeah,
0: when well, I was actually uh, in work at my, my old job and I remember... I was working in background back and I had the radio on and I, and I was just saying, oh, by the way, there's just been, just been planes hit, hit, hit in New York and then they've hit elsewhere as well. And it was yeah. kind of scary when, you, when you're hearing that. And then later that evening, watching it live, watching it on the TV news, seeing that, it kind of really, yeah. really scared, it scares you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, the sort
1: of thing shouldn't happen. No, and
0: then you're thinking now with COVID, you, you're hearing stories about that as well, that people travelling and... It's like like you think that a will would be the one that will be killer rather than, than than COVID.
1: Yeah, I think like COVID obviously forces people to think in a different way, yeah. and a lot of people are more. I think they're more concerned about their but the fact that they can pass it on to somebody without even realizing they have it. Yeah. Um, you know, other other of these sort of viruses in the past it might be more obvious that you do have it, so you can you know, you can isolate yourself at, at, at the appropriate time. If you're in a situation where you can pass it on, you don't even know you have it, and then you're concerned about your elderly relatives or, you know, yeah. family friends that are older, right? You're putting their lives at risk. And I think that's what scares people most.
0: Yeah. And I guess you've also adapted to how you work now with COVID. it's changed how you work?
1: Yeah, Um I suppose I'm fortunate. I've got a sort of a an office in the attic, so you know I have desk. I've got a a cupboard where I can stand up if I want to and work from from there as well. Yeah. Um. I think you know you're sitting on conference calls, video calls all day long. It it actually can be quite intense. Um. It's not. It, it's interesting that if you're in an office environment, a meeting can finish five or ten minutes early or start five or ten minutes late, whereas. For whatever reason, when you're on video calls and conference calls, they have to start bang on time. They have to end bang on time. Yeah. So you don't actually get that ability. You don't get as much of a chance to have sort of a chat, have a water cooler conversations, have a cup of coffee with people. So you know it works. Um, but there are some gaps. You know, you miss out the contact with people, collegiality, all that good stuff. I think um, you know, people have learned to work through Zoom and Hangouts, and indeed even a lot of our teams will have social events each week so be it a quiz or just sort of uh, friday evening cocktails where everybody's on zoom or hangouts or whatever In, you know introduce their kids to each other it, it's brought a personal touch to a lot of things that we do yeah and um, so which is a positive i think for me personally i i tend to use print off a lot of stuff when i'm working and review it that way i've had to get used to sort of a paperless environment um As I said, big step, but a positive one. Um, So, yeah, that's a change for me and obviously a change for a lot of organisations. So it'll be interesting to see where that moves on to. I think you you, you do have to think about planning your day and your days ahead. I think the other thing that's really, really important is that if you're cooped up in tours all day, it's about just getting that chance to get some fresh air, get some exercise, um you do get the fresh air in the normal course of a day if you're working on an office or if you're working in an office environment you can step out you go out for lunch. Yeah. Um you, you need to make sure you do the same when you're working from home.
0: Yeah, and I guess also if you you, you can vary your schedule so that it's not the same routine each day.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Whereas, you know, I think for, for whatever reason, people try to use every minute and every hour in, your, in your, your calendar when you're working from home. It says, well, you're not going to be anywhere else, so you can't talk to me, you know. But yeah. you, you actually still need time to, to plan and do your own things.
0: Yeah, the best thing is because you're working from home, you haven't got the stress of travelling like two hours in the car journey you're getting the or getting on a parted bus or Lewis or anything else or train. So that's handy as well.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, for a lot of people that's been beneficial um it's given them more time to spend at home or given them a chance to you know stay on the bed for an extra hour or so in the morning um you know me personally I, I do take the benefit of that so sort of my 30 minute commute is now probably 30 minutes going for a walk before i start work yeah um and i think a lot of people are doing the same thing
0: oh basically the moment when you should be you should be in your car driving you're getting into, in, into the bathroom, you're going to have, have your shower and you're not in a rush to, to get out of the bathroom as such. You can enjoy exactly, it more yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Bit of me time. Yeah. Because we all need that. In, the, in this stage, to keep our mental health uh, alive and, and, and uh, working properly, a bit of me time does the world of good.
1: Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting is that like we have a lot of people, a lot of teams that work remotely um, and they miss that connection with the office. All right. And yeah. like we might have, you know, new associates join us and they're straight out on to work on a job. And at times they can be more connected with our clients as opposed to us. Yeah. But even though none of them are in the office now, they actually feel more connected with the office or more connected with PwC because yeah. there's a lot more communication going on. People are using, you know, Hangouts or Zoom or whatever to have these these meetings and people can get involved there. They'll learn more about what's going on day to day because we're separated. There are social events that happen as well. So there's actually a lot more teaming going on yeah. as a result of COVID, even though you're not in the office than, um, than if you were.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add to the podcast or you think you've covered enough?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, work's never going to be the same again. Um it will present opportunities i think you know people have been very very resilient through this there's a lot of innovation or innovative ideas coming forward from people in terms of how they adapt to deal with the crisis and um, and you know in a way some of that's been refreshing i think the speed of decision making by organizations has been impressive because they've had to move and move very quickly and something that i might have deliberated on for days hours weeks in the past they've had to make very very quick decisions on and i think that's been a positive so I think we've come out of this and we see the best of what we've, you know, we've used through the crisis and if we can sustain that into the future, I think it'll be a positive.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for that, Jared. Uh, have a great day and uh, happy working at home. I'll Thanks, see. Ronald. And take take care. care. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.